Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Good morning. It is 7.36 on the all-new This Morning with Jalen and Daryl. We're week 21 mm-hmm. of 25. Yeah. We'll explain that yeah, again after 8 o'clock. Uh, there, for quite a while, the writer's strike has been going mm-hmm. on in, in the U.S., and now there is the actor's strike side-by-side side continuing on as well. So that is shutting down production uh, in the United States. So in Canada, it's not the same union. So does it shut down production here? Yeah, in some cases, because there's a lot of stuff that's written, yeah. American writers, a lot of American producers, American actors, and, uh, and so working in Canada, they're not going to, mm-hmm. to cross a, a virtual picket line and work here. It's just not going to happen, and it's not happening. So, what is the impact on Canada's entertainment industry, the production industry in our own backyard? Blair Young is the president and national counselor for the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. Hi, Blair. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so, give us me. give us an idea, an overview of like how does this impact the Canadian scene right now? Right. So. Here in Canada, we do sort of two different types of filming of TV and uh, and movies. There's what we sort of have our our national Canadian stuff, which is sort of the independent features that are funded by Canadians, written by Canadians, produced by Canadians. And we have lots of the network TV shows, things like Heartland here in Alberta that shoots. And then we have what we call in the industry service providers productions. And those are the things we hear about where it's an American production working in Canada. So for all the Canadian stuff, that's still going to go. So we still have some indie stuff that's working in Calgary and in Edmonton right now, and Heartland continues to shoot as well. But for anything that SAG after actors, it's shut down until the strike's over. Well, and give us an idea of the magnitude of that. We have seen a lot more production being done in Canada, uh, originating out of the United States. So, you know, how much of that business is is out the window? Is that eighty percent for now? Is that, do you have a number that you can help us understand? Yeah, I'm not sure I could put a number on that. That's uh, that's 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 an interesting number to think about. It's certainly, I mean, with the writer's strike, um, I was I was working on a setup until Wednesday, and uh, you know there were some actors from Toronto and from Vancouver, and particularly the actors from Vancouver said that things were very very slow there already as a result of the writer's strike, and we had a couple of shows that were supposed to shoot this summer starting in one of them was supposed to start in june and they pushed back until august because of the writer's strike and now perhaps they won't even be able to start the season i'm not really sure what'll what'll happen just have to wait and see but yeah i think probably to give some kind of number to it i think 75 25 might be an accurate number maybe maybe two-thirds one-third and that's not in terms of number of productions it's probably more to do with the size of the budgets when you look at something like a last of us that spent you know somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 million per show that's more than the entire budget for something like heartland or most canadian productions so it's not just the fact that it's the number of productions it's the economy of scale and you know how big those productions are how much they're spending and how and you know how many people they're employing um, so as it goes on, I mean, obviously the the situation just becomes more and more dire. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of people who are depending on that income for this, you know, for this summer and into the early fall. Obviously, because of the type of climate we have here, we do more filming in the summer. That's not to say we do zero in the winter, because now we have a lot of 
uh, studio space, and some shows want the snow in their in their shows. So, uh, but certainly this is the time of year where everybody that works in cast and crew across the province is thinking that this is their time to sort of make their 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 yearly uh, bunch of money to put in the bank. So that is going to be delayed. In the end, these you know these shows are going to get shot eventually, barring some sort of catastrophe of this uh, strike and but it's just that that money is going to get delayed well and that can be a problem because of course as we know and it seems like a thousand years ago now but it's not that long ago the covid and the pandemic and it mm-hmm. shut everything down were mm-hmm. there companies production companies uh, film companies all of that stuff that that barely survived that that probably can't get through something like this again that they were trying to dig out as it was well, ironically, we actually did quite well during COVID. Once really? we got through the initial sort of two or three months, uh, I remember I was working on a show and there was that shaded Friday the 13th when we were all told that to go home and we thought, oh, we'll be gone for two weeks and then we'll be back at work. No big deal. Yeah. And then uh, we didn't start shooting again until late July. But once we started shooting, we had a lot of protocols in place. And, for, you know, f- uh, for myself, I was tested three times a week. Mm-hmm that everything was safe and pretty much all the cast and crew were, were tested that, that amount and we were all masked. So we actually did pretty well during COVID. Um, but certainly, um, you know, we all had families that there were parts of families that were affected by that, by, yeah. by COVID as well. So um, it certainly could have a knock on effect. I, I tend to be optimistic about this thing. I mean, I think that the public is pretty much on the side of the actors and writers. They understand that, we can't really be replaced by AI, and they don't think. I don't think that most people think it's fair to have someone come in for a day of work, have their face scanned, um, you know, perhaps some motion capture dots that go into a computer, maybe have their voice recorded, and then you know that's it. They get one day of work, and then the computers go to work and manipulate them, and then that's the only pay they're going to see for that, and they're also going to get to keep that and use it as much as they want for all time and never get paid for it and never have the consent. I think most people understand that that's not really fair. And so I think that, you know, there's two ways to do this. Do you want to be, you know, do you, do you want to try and, and, and make the writers and, and uh, the actors and soon the technicians will be on strike because the um, IATSE union is going to be next when their contract ends in a couple months or maybe even later this month. I can't remember exactly when it is. But do we want to get it done later and, you know, cause a whole bunch of shows to not get filmed and investments to be lost? Or do we do it sooner and just get it done? So I'm more optimistic thinking it's going to be weeks than months, but who knows? Blair Young joining us this morning, the uh, president of ACTRA, the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television and Radio Artists, National Counselor. Blair, you know, we talk about, you know, you believe that um, that that for the most part, Canadians are, are sympathetic, that they understand, you know, that AI issue is a really, really interesting mm-hmm. one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes you, when you hear Hollywood and film industry and actors and all that, you think, oh, come on, how bad can it be? They've got to be rolling in They're the dough. Rich. Come on. <laughs> um, the, the reality is that it's, you know, far from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me just um, switch, for, you know, just walk from my one mansion to my other mansion <laughs> while I talk to you. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of great numbers coming out. There was something I read yesterday that's by an actor who is also a member of uh, some source form of military in the U.S. as his main job and does acting on the side because he has to. And, you know, he talked about the fact that um, only uh, 13% of SAG-AFTRA members qualify for insurance. 
Mm. And there's 160,000 members of the SAG, so roughly 21,000 people that are SAG members qualify for insurance. Now, how much does it take to qualify for insurance with SAG? $33,000 of income. Oh. So, you know, the vast, overwhelming majority of members, and it's, I'm not going to say it's the same numbers, but there are some similarities to the Canadian Acting Union, ACTRA. Um, but the vast majority of people are are making what most would consider not a reasonable income at this time to sustain a family or to sustain an individual. So it's, you know, it's easy to, to talk about the Meryl Streeps and the Brad Pitts of this world and think that they have it oh so tough and really we should be listening to the, I mean, are, are we honestly saying that the men that are making $243 million a year are better? that we should be siding with them. I mean, you know, there's a little meme out there too that says that if you took 2% of the income of the top 10 CEOs in our industry, that would easily pay for all the asks <laughs> from ACTRA. And maybe that's true. And I just kind of, I just, you know, there was another, uh, I saw someone else talk about the fact that back in the 80s, you know, Iger or the head of Disney made approximately 30 times as much as the lowest paid film worker. And now that's more like 400 times what the lowest paid film worker makes. And I just kind of wonder about why people are okay with these CEOs making all this money. That money doesn't add anything to the quality of the product. It doesn't add any um, value for investors. It's just a few people making an absurd amount of money to sit on a desk and talk about how everything is disturbing, like that awful comment by Bob Iger saying that the asks of the actors were disturbing mm. while he's sitting on his yacht and talking to somebody on the phone. Yeah, the juxtaposition so, is, not, uh, is not complimentary by any stretch. The optics are bad, and you think someone who works in communications would understand that and perhaps <laughs> choose a different word, like, you know, maybe say unreasonable, untenable, whatever, but to say disturbing, it was such an odd choice of words. Well, yeah. Blair, we'll leave it there this morning. We'll continue to watch this and follow it closely. Thank you for joining us to explain, uh, you know, a little bit more about some of the issues and uh, and your thoughts on it all. We sure appreciate your time. Absolutely. Fun, yeah. fun to be on the show. Take okay. care. Blair Young joining yep. us this morning. Uh, president of ACTRA. We, yeah, we've heard uh, when you first said Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists, that doesn't sound as familiar as ACTRA does. Yeah, right? <laughs> you always just refer yeah. to it as, as ACTRA. Yeah, it's been a big part of, uh, of uh, the entertainment industry here for a long, long time. 746. We're back with more of this morning in a moment. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Supported by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. We were just, uh, Morty was coming in worried about uh, the production of The Bachelor. Is that, you know, not The Bachelor. Was it was a Big Brother you were worried about? Big, Brother, Big Brother, yeah, yeah. But that ended I, up getting I do not watch The Bachelor. Yeah, okay, well, that, that's part of the conversation yes. we were having off the air. Yeah, uh, Big which Brother. Which reality shows do you watch? Yeah, right? Big Brother was, uh, it's probably one of my guilty pleasures. I, I watch Big Brother and Survivor. They're the only two reality shows that I really watch. But uh, Big Brother usually starts like the end of June yeah. in early July. But this year, because of the writer's strike, I think they want, 
episodes to go into October, maybe, right? Are there so writers? that's starting till August. But, so that, that that bursts the bubble then. Are there writers in a reality show? What? So it's not no, scripted. No. It's not scripted. They, they, I think the producers kind of edge them on, tell them what to say sometimes. But yeah, there's no writers, right? So they're going to have they're going to have all those episodes that would air in July. They're going to go in September and October mm. now so that they can fill some void for stuff that they don't uh, have because of the writer's strike. Uh, that ended us taking us down another another rabbit hole well, to, to the Bachelors and whether you like those kind of reality no. shows. I don't like any of the reality shows no. personally. Well, actually, the only one we watch is uh, is Naked and Afraid because we think that's <laughs> hilarious. But uh, that's about it. I like Alone on the History Channel. And you Channel. like Alone, right. I like Alone on the History Channel. But you Channel. came across it. I didn't know this so, existed. The Golden Bachelor? Yeah, so what the it, heck is that? It was just announced. So they're doing um, a, a, a Bachelor. Um, he's 71. He's from... Um, Jerry Turner. Yeah, he's from uh, Indiana. He's a 71-year-old widower, father of two from Indiana. His wife died uh, back in 2017 after they'd been married for 43 years. But the dude looks like he's 30. Yeah, he's supposed yeah. to be 71, but this does not look like not a 71. That. Not anybody's vision of a 71-year-old no. dude. No, he is... I, I, they might call him golden because that's the color of his tan or his spray tan. I'm not sure. Golden oldie, I think. Um, or the color of his goldy-colored hair with the little white, you know, on the side. I, I think it's the numbers on his birth certificate that make him golden. Hmm. Oh well, anyway, just like the girls. If he's you know what I mean. um, he's an interesting-looking fella. He's a, a handsome. He's a handsome-looking 71-year-old. But and then the question is, okay, well, how old are the women then going to yeah, be? Yeah, do we know? I don't think we know that yet, do we? And let's mm. let's make this uh, like real. Let's not have twenty, thirty-year-olds on there. No, that would I mean we, they've we, got a minimum we, forty. I would we think, talked right? about this earlier. Minimum. What it is? Half your age plus seven, so that puts that at forty-two. 43. His kids would be in their forties. That's right. right? Yeah. So you can't. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> when we were talking about this earlier, one of our one of our listeners, Rick, said, "If my kids can date them, I cannot." Oh, That's what goodness. that age it's level. It's a good rule to live by. It's not bad. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Well, anything. I guess over forty would probably be the line for this guy and on this this show. But still, well, seventy-one if they, if and they forty. If they have twenty and thirty-year-olds on there, they're just setting themselves. Oh, they're going to be in all, all sorts, sorts of, of criticism and everything, right? But um, again, it's just it's interesting. And, and I know, don't get me wrong. There's all sorts of you know folks into their sixties, seventies, eighties that look great. This guy looks phenomenal for can't seventy-one. Be, it can't be real. It's uh, it's got to be uh, it's got to be AI. No, I saw you. No, no, I saw he's him a robot. I saw he's him a inter- robot. That's he was on Entertainment Tonight last night. Huh. I saw him being interviewed. Crazy. Yeah. There he is right there. Yeah. So anyway, um, if you haven't Googled him, you might <laughs> just Google Golden Bachelor and tell me if you really think that that <laughs> 71. Like Someone needs to haul out his birth certificate. and, and uh, Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter where sure. you were born, but let's talk about when. We're not buying it. No. Anyway, so that'll be uh, another train wreck to watch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeehaw. That's what society needs, another train wreck.